welcome. You're listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. We're a team of five badass women who will be your sommeliers to the marketing world. We work and whiteboard together at our nine to five every day in B2B marketing. We're a small, scrappy team that's picked up a few secret hacks along the way, and we want to share our crazy ideas with you. Let's call it an anything but ordinary guide to marketing and design. From Chardonnay to Rosé, we've got your marketing sips and design tips. Now that's worth raising a glass to, so grab your favorite vino and join us. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about meeting structures and the type of meeting structures you can put in place to drive real results for your marketing team. So if you're anything like us, meetings without an agenda do tend to fall off track, which means that typically somebody's walking away, leaving the meeting without answers that they were looking for. So if this sounds familiar, don't worry, we fall into this too. But ever since our team started using the level 10 meeting structure, we have been accomplishing a whole lot more in one hour than we previously were. And it helps hold us accountable to make progress on our projects every week. So, I mean, nobody wants to be the person who shows up without an update, right? Like you don't wanna be that person out there, like no update, no progress, like that never feels good. So, so in today's episode, we're going to outline our meeting structure and how it's helped us become more effective with our time. So let's go ahead and dive in. But as usual, we're going to share our sips of the day. So what is everyone drinking today? This is Katie. Um, today I'm drinking the Bonobo Chardonnay. Pretty good. I like it. Would recommend staying to, true to my Bonobo. I'm, I belong to their club. I forget what it's called. Whatever. The box of the month. This is Kelly. No wine for me today. Instead, I'm drinking a soft parade. So in my mind, instead of going with no wine, I figured it was making up for the fact that it's a Michigan brewery. Why I thought that was making up for it, I don't know, but that's where it made it sound okay in my mind. This is Sarah, and today I have the Hive and Honey. It's not a Michigan wine or whatever spirit of any sort, but it's crafted on California's Central Coast, and it's one of my favorite, I don't know, grocery store bottle of wines, I guess, that's like $7, and it's sweet, but it's good in the summertime when it's nice and crisp and cool, and I don't know. I like this one. It says it's crafted for fun, food, family, and friends. So here's to the sweetness of life. I like that. The sweetness of life. So this is Charlotte, and I am drinking the Chateau Chantal Nice Red. This one's always a go-to for me when I'm looking for something just kind of easy, light, and flavorful. So this one tends to be a standard in my in my collection at home. So with that, let's dive into our first aspect of the level 10 meeting, which is what the heck is a level 10 meeting? You may have heard of it. You may not have heard of it. I believe it is from the book Traction. I forget who wrote the book Traction, so we might be able to drop that in the meeting notes or in, in a social post later on when we release the episode. But basically what it is, is a level 10 meeting is a weekly check-in meeting that helps hold you and your team accountable. The meeting is dedicated to identifying and solving tough challenges in your work day to day. So it's really interesting because there is a specific structure to the meeting and we will dive into that. 
But the whole point is that a fraction of the meeting is meant for reporting out, which I feel like typically meetings tend to be individuals sharing their thoughts or what they're working on or, you know, just like what work has been completed or been done. And this kind of flips flips it on its head. I think that part there was it's actually the majority of it is supposed to be focused on solving real challenges versus people just reporting. Because I feel like you'll go to a meeting and people have their notes and they'll read off of their notes and say, this is what X, Y, Z did. And then like your meeting will end. And that's kind of the whole meeting, which essentially if all you're doing is reporting, couldn't that just be an email versus if you're supposed to be getting on a meeting and identifying challenges and problem solving, that's what this meeting is for. So it's a problem. Uh. You know how many meetings could have just been an email? And I mean, I know that's like a thing and there's coffee mugs and everything that say that on there, but that is a real thing. Like you're like, really? You had to get on a call with me here? You couldn't have just sent that over? I think the pandemic has taught us one thing is that it definitely could have been an email and we don't need to meet on anything. Agreed. I think... The reason that I enjoy the level 10 meeting is that it, for me at least, prevents a bunch of mini meetings or pinging throughout the week or something like that. If something isn't urgent, then we'll just toss it in this meeting and save everything for that one day a week rather than meeting multiple times throughout the week. So if you're effective, this can definitely save a lot of time throughout your, your weekly schedule. I think that's one of my favorite things about the meeting is you can throw things and we'll get to the, you know, the setup in a minute where we talk about the section IDS, which means identify, discuss and solve. But to Katie's point, if you have something that comes up during the week, you don't have to waste your time like pinging people about it. And especially if it's not urgent, you can toss it into the meeting agenda and address it there. And then you have your whole group where you're already meeting versus bringing them into a separate meeting, which is super nice. So for our team's level 10, we host it on Monday morning at 11 o'clock. It's not like right smack dab in your face in the beginning of a Monday, more around lunchtime. 9 a.m. on a Monday morning, like, no thank you. No. So it gives us a little bit of time to get our day going, figure out what we need to do for the week, and then we get to dive into all this. And as you probably have heard us mention in many of our other episodes, we are huge fans of Asana, and we actually just plug the format into Asana and manage our meeting agenda that way. It works super well for adding in new tasks and checking them off, and I don't even know how I would attempt this if we didn't put it in Asana, to be honest. <laughs> So typically, uh, level 10 is 90 minutes, but we like to crunch it up into 60 minutes. Sometimes we run a few minutes over, but it's not that big of a deal. We do our best to manage that time. We run over because we're like chatty and we're friends who all work together. So I would recommend that not very many people love having an hour and a half meeting. So if you can crunch it into those 60 minutes, I think that's really beneficial. Like ain't nobody got time for that. So in a few minutes, we'll dive into what the agenda is for a level 10, but I just want to preface, preface this by saying typically the agenda is the same for anyone who, who does a level 10, like no matter what business you run, your level 10 has the same structure. Since we've been doing level 10 for quite a few years now, we've kind of tweaked it and made it our own. So 
we don't do the standard 90 minute format. We do 60 minutes and level 10 has what they suggest the amount of time that you spend on each of these sections, which typically is five minutes each, unless it's the IDS section. That's where like they want you to spend the bulk of your time. We definitely spend more than five minutes on Segway. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> We are notorious for getting on the call and being like, especially since it's Monday morning too, we're like, how was everybody's weekend? What did you do? So we're guilty. So a quick rundown of the typical level 10 meeting agenda. First, you start with your segue or your check-in. Everyone calls it something a little bit different. And then you run into your scorecard. From there, you dive into your rock review. You talk about headlines. You go into your tasks or like your to-do list, you cover IDS, and then you hit your conclusion. And we figured we'd just break down each of these sections and tell you a little bit more about what we do in each of them. So we definitely kick it off, like I said, with a check-in or a segue, and it usually runs a little bit longer than five minutes. So they recommend five minutes, but we know that that's not going to be the case for everybody. Some people are a little bit more chatty or know each other a little bit better. So that, that could extend it if you have the time for that leisure conversation. I, I, I actually like to recommend it that you take that time because that's the type of stuff that builds relationships on your team and like getting to know people on a personal level. So it is exactly like it sounds. It's a check-in. Uh, we chat before diving into the agenda. And we really like to talk about our weekend or if anyone has an upcoming wedding like Sarah does or if somebody has a child or is expecting what's going on in their world. If they had PTO, what did they do? So really just diving into the details and learning more about, you know, each other's lives and, you know, day to day. In a more formal level 10, where maybe you have a team that doesn't know each other as well, or a bigger team that maybe it, you just can't dive into the details like that, a good best practice would be to have each um, a participant share one personal and one professional accomplishment from the past week. That can be a really good way to just have people share their wins or what they're feeling good about. And it's really nice because this just helps keep the team connected and it, it establishes like a really positive tone to kick off the week, especially if you're doing this at the beginning of the week, which I personally recommend because I think it's a good way to start like set up your week, especially as you're going through challenges and tasks and things like that, because then you have the next few days to address those. So the next step section that we dive into is called the scorecard. And this is where we talk about our like one to five measurable goals, and that would be something like lead generation or the number of demos scheduled. If you're setting this up, like a goal should be something that you're working towards and you provide that update on a weekly basis. So for example, our company has a sales goal of X dollars and we know that we have a lead conversion rate of X percent. So we need to bring in X new leads to set our sales team up for success. So in this case, you would be reporting on the number of leads brought in each week and that would help lead to the overall goal or whatever you're trying to accomplish. Well, I think it's important to make sure that your goals aren't super like fluffy, right? Like this is where you should be talking about your solid business goals that you need to hit your revenue numbers or to hit your conversions or whatever that looks like. These should be the really important metrics that you need to address 
It's true, Charlotte. These your scorecard should be measurable goals. I think it's the yes. key point here. You need to have numbers. This isn't anything fluffy. Anything that's a little more, I'd say like, I don't know if unbaked is the right word, but any of those things go in your rocks, most likely. And this is a key metric that you or the business or your team have to hit in the next 90 days. And you have to keep making progress towards it. Well, and I think that's a good point, Sarah, because I think sometimes there's overlap between the rock review and the scorecard. Because a lot of times, if you, so your rocks, just to give a highlight of what those are, those are, it's a goal. So you might remember that we talked about this on our offsite podcast that we had, which I believe was episode six, if my memory serves me well. And those are like, these are the goals that absolutely must be accomplished for the success of your team and the business in the next 90 days. So that's how you're setting your priorities as a team. So what we do here is a lot of times your goals are going to inherently have metrics tied to them. So there is some overlap in the scorecard and you might end up sharing your metrics that are tied to your rocks if they're relevant in your goal or rock review. So there can be some overlap and, you know, you can play with it. The system is flexible. It's not meant to be this, you know, God speak. Like you can make it work for you. And I think we've had some, we've had some opportunities where we've adjusted or tweaked the, the agenda to really make it, make sure it works for us. So when you do have your goals, we, we set them on a quarterly basis. We think that that's a healthy cadence, I guess is the right word because you have your annual goals and you have to break those down into into bite-sized pieces you can't just set your annual goal and say we need to go hit it like what are you going to do and how are you going to break it down to do a little bit every quarter in order to get there and i think our team is like really good where maybe not every week we don't even dive further in to each one of our you know rock reviews but obviously, if you're just starting out, you might want to, you know, spend every week kind of diving into these. This is where we can kind of make up from our over five minutes of our segue and catching up with each other is if we can not have to dive into our rocks each week. And same with the scorecards, since they kind of could be interchangeable. Sometimes this is where you can maybe decide one week we dive into them and then the next week we focus more on IDS and things like that. In a more formal interpretation of traction in level 10, you would actually rate whether your rock is on track or off track to be met. Like essentially if your goal is going to be met in the next 90 days or not. And a lot of times you use the color status of like red, yellow, green to actually rate your rocks and where you're at in accomplishing those. If it's red or yellow, typically that means you need to add a note to IDS. And so you'll drop it down for further discussion on what's kind of causing a problem or hindering you from hitting that goal or being where you think you need to be to get it accomplished. And the best way, it, we like, like we said, we use Asana. So it's really easy to mark things red, yellow, or green. I guess you can easily do that in a spreadsheet as well. But with Asana, it updates everywhere if you have different projects that are connected to each other or what have you. So the next section is headlines. This section is pretty straightforward. This is where you would want to talk about larger items that aren't necessarily goals, but they're important to talk about each week. For us, we typically do like a content update as far as like what we're discussing for blog posts, emails, press releases, anything that we're, we've made progress on since the last week. 
in, if you're following the more exact level 10 structure, this is kind of supposed to be employee or client feedback that you share with others on the team and that they can either learn or celebrate. We've definitely a little more loosely interpreted this one, but again, we've found that we have to make it work for us so that it's as helpful as can be. It doesn't mean we wouldn't share a team member success or highlight or something like that, but a lot of times we share those up in the, like the check-in and the segue. A lot of times this can be used for, especially if you're managing like a larger team, if you have specific company updates that you need to share, you know, that are coming down from maybe executive leadership, maybe it's around policy updates or or specific major moves or product enhancements that the that the co company is looking to roll out so or major initiatives that the company wants to roll out so that's a really good place for those types of updates but yeah i think this is one that we've kind of phased out from ours just because of the nature of our team but it, it does have a purpose and it does have a place, I think, usually in a larger team setting or larger team structure. One of the things I really appreciate is usually all of this conversation around your rocks or the headlines or even, even in the segue and definitely in IDS, which we'll get to in a minute, is all of that conversation generates tasks and action items and things that people need to do. So that's where your task and to-do list section comes into play where as you're having these discussions, you can easily plug those tasks in, like especially in Asana. I know I keep praising Asana, but it is really good for this because then you can insert, you, you just create a new task, assign it to who it needs to be assigned to. You can add any details or context in the notes, and then that person now has it on their personal to-do list so that it gets managed. And then each week you can go through those tasks and say, have we done this? Do you, if not, do you need help? If so, you know, we can check that off the list. So that is a very helpful section. And I think that's one that we definitely utilize quite a bit. It's also something that if a task keeps being on the list for a very long period of time, you can either move it to, I don't know, you can move it to IDS and then dive into the reasons for it. Like maybe it's no longer a priority or maybe it's something you actually need assistance with or whatever the reason might be. I think sometimes just having tasks there for a long period of time can help identify what some of your problems and issues are. Cause I know it happens to me all the time. I'm like, oops, this. sometimes it's just not a priority, I guess is unfortunately what, where it comes down to. I actually laugh because what happens is, so in Asana, when you assign somebody a task, it, it goes onto their personal task board that only they can see. Everybody else can see the task in the marketing level 10 board, but if it doesn't have a due date or if somebody keeps moving the due date, eventually I feel like if it is that lower priority item, it just keeps moving down your daily list. So it does help you reevaluate. Sometimes I feel really bad when I keep moving things down, but I'm like, eh. But I think we've also created a new section that's either like on hold or like, I don't know, TBD or something. Don't we have one that's like a, a long-term section, like come back to this later maybe? And I think at the end of each year, we kind of review that and decide whether those are actually important items or not, and they get checked off. If not, like if they've been on there for a whole year and you haven't managed to prioritize or accomplish them, then they probably weren't a real priority to begin with. 
I think we like to save them because we come up with these ideas and we're like, that's a great idea. We don't want to lose sight of it. And we're like, let's just put it in the on hold or like the long term one. And then, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't feel like we ever really get back to them. So again, make it work for you, right? Like if you need us if you need to add a new section in there or separate out your tasks in a certain way, like go for it. The system is flexible, but our I feel like we've cluttered up our board with a few things for sure before. So the next section is probably my favorite. I think it's probably all of our favorites besides check-in. That's probably actually our favorite because you just have <laughs> to agree. chat with people and it has, I don't want to say no point, but there's no like task or outcome from check-in. So it's always like, ooh, I just get to tell you about the wine I drank this weekend or whatever it was. Um, when there's no action item or task, I like sign me up for that. I am on board. <laughs> Those are my favorite kind of meetings. But IDS, that is, Again, it's identify, discuss, solve. I feel like the first couple of times I heard that, I could not remember what any of the words were. So we'll just keep saying it over and over again until you get it in your head too. This is where the actual like discussion begins. And this is where level 10 says you should be spending like, I don't know, 80% of your time, 60% of your time. I can't do the math on what 60 out of 90 minutes is supposed to be. So just forget that. But it's really like a three-step problem-solving method. You kind of use it to identify the root problem, you discuss it, and then you identify specific actions for team members to take to solve it. And the idea isn't to just jump to conclusions or be like, oh, I know the solution. It's, it's supposed to be like a teamwork exercise where you get to the root of the problem. Because sometimes I feel like you'll think... I don't know, like you'll just jump to a conclusion and maybe that isn't what's actually going to solve the problem. And hence the problem might resurface again in like a month or something if you don't get to the root cause. We, another thing you should do in IDS is kind of prioritize the issues before you dive in. We don't do this as much now, but we do actually break our IDS down by each of our verticals or we have like an overall marketing one, and then we have our different verticals that we go through. So it's probably on each person who owns the vertical to kind of prioritize the IDS items before we jump in. So it's almost like the fact that it involves brainstorming and some whiteboarding is weird that it would be our favorite section. Hmm, I wonder why. Hmm, weird. <laughs> so like as an example of something that we might put into IDS, identify, discuss, solve, Sarah. <laughs> that would be like, if we have a webinar coming up and registrations might be kind of low, this might be where the team can put our brains together and try to figure out some different ways to increase registrations for the upcoming webinar. So like, there's a problem that we've identified, we're gonna discuss how some, I don't know, shots at how we might fix it and then, solve for the problem. It's also a good place for if you are going through your rocks at the beginning of the meeting and you have a goal that is at risk, this is where you would kind of say like, okay, how can we get this back on track? What problems are you encountering? What, what specific about those problems is a hindrance and how can we overcome those and then eventually deciding on, you know, solutions to say, okay, this is the action we're going to take and here's who's going to take that action. And then you can assign a task in the task and to do list section. 
I feel like when you try to explain it out, it seems like it's a lot, but really these meetings for us and specifically this section, I feel like it flows really nicely. At this point in, as a team, we've spent a few years together, so we know how the flow goes. Our, our conversation just flows really nicely and all this happens very naturally. There isn't like, okay, let's identify it now. Let's discuss now. Let's solve now. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's very quick. I, I feel like that when we break it out like this, it seems like a long process, but it's not intimidating at all. And I think, I think even the whole process itself, to Katie's point, like not just the identify, discuss, solve, or IDS section. One of the things I wanted to touch on is when we were talking about headlines is we actually added in there some of the some professional development items so if somebody was reading like a good book or like heard a good podcast like we do share those in there i think we have a pretty large repository at this point like probably too large for me to go and like actually pick ones that i want to listen to or like get through all of them but we also have the our company has something called our all-star award where we can nominate an individual within the company, not just on our team, for an all-star award. So we, to make sure that our team is actively participating and nominating people when it's appropriate, we have a line item in there that has like, you know, do we have anybody we want to nominate for the all-star award? And then whoever has somebody, you know, they take the appropriate action to nominate. So it's just a good way if there's any programs or initiatives at your organization that you want to keep top of mind to you can address those in there as well. We keep talking about good flow and I think part of it, part of it is that each section kind of like leads itself to the to another or connects back to another. So like if you're not where you're at where you're supposed to be with your rocks, you drop that down to IDS. If you I don't know, Charlotte was just talking about headlines and having like an all-star award. If you can't think of anyone who you'd like to nominate for all-stars, you could potentially drop that down to IDS to brainstorm like, why is it we can't come up with anyone or why isn't there anyone that's producing all-star results kind of thing. So there's just, I feel like there's a lot of ebb and flow with it and you can, I mean, you're supposed to run it from top to bottom, but you can jump back and forth between the sections as needed. And a lot of it in the end ends up in IDS because that is kind of like your one discussion point and where it all boils down to what's happening and what's not happening. And that's where you have to talk about it. Well, and as you go through IDS, you should be coming up with action items coming out of those to say, like, how do we take action to solve after you've already brainstormed and had those discussions? So you should be going back up to that to do list and saying, OK, here's our action and here's who's going to take it. So it does all weave together very, very nicely. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that we like about our level 10 is that it does flow together so well and you can it is flexible in a way where you can make it your own. The nice thing is like if you're starting out, they're also a really good way to keep your meetings on track and on time. It keeps you focused on the problems and solving those in a very effective and time saving way. Because I think sometimes you can get a lot of people in a room and just start brainstorming or talking about things without a whole lot of structure. And this gives you, I feel like, that right balance of structure, which is which is a positive of the, of the, the meeting structure. So I think that dives into the last point of level 10, which is the conclusion or the wrap up. 
essentially what you do there is you recap your to do list and establish next steps for your meeting. That's where you have to make sure you ass actually assign tasks to the appropriate person. And again, we do that in Asana. And if you're doing a more structured level 10, this is where you rate the meeting, which I feel like we could have a fun conversation about this because full disclosure, we haven't done this in a long time. When we used to do more formal offsites, we did rate the meeting. You rate it from like a one to 10 on how the meeting was which I guess is open for interpretation. This is always really hard for me. We haven't done this in a long time, and I also secretly never want to do this again, so please, this is not a plea for me to do it again. <laughs> but if you rate the meeting under an eight, you're supposed to like discuss it or provide a reason why and what could be better next time, which in theory makes sense because everyone's been to meetings that they hate or that didn't go well or... There are a million things that could have been better, right? And so this does give you that one opportunity to, in real time, give people feedback on what they could have, on what the meeting could have been better. Like maybe someone could have been on time. I'm pretty sure if someone's late, you're supposed to rate the meeting automatically, like a seven <laughs> or lower. Did I make this up? Maybe I made no, this up. No, I think you're right, Sarah. I think <laughs> I you're right. You told this that it could not be a high rating meeting if someone was late. And then like, well, Which I feel like, like a so maybe this is why I hate the ratings. <laughs> it's a shaming thing. Like you're late. I don't like that process. What but, if you weren't even running it? You just had another meeting and you slip in. You still have to rate the meeting low because someone was late. You lock the door. They can't go. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like so. I think our old manager. Yeah, I think our old manager was trying to like instill some new habits and I think that was his way of maybe doing it so it is up for interpretation so you can use it how you want and if you are the manager I guess you can say like if people are late I mean we're going to automatically rate this meeting low because that means you're not valuing everybody else's time so I guess you could insert so I personally don't feel like that's a good way to go and that's not something I would do because typically I'm the one that's not very punctual so <laughs> I'm not going to to that so if your manager is late, then that's better for you. Yes. Oh <laughs> I think God. all of our feedback would just be to, I don't know, shut up, but I enjoy our <laughs> conversation. So I agree. <laughs> I would say that like, it is possible at times where like, there isn't anything in IDS. Like if so, oh, here's something. So if I had to rate our meetings, I would actually say that we could probably do a better job managing our IDS somehow because I feel like we put things in there and it's kind of like a holding place for some things where we're like, well, these are good ideas. They're not the highest priority or the things that we need to address right now. Where else can we store these? Because our, our fear is like losing the thought and we don't want to lose the ideas. True. Sometimes it's like inspiration, right? We see something that we, like another company, we see them do something that we like. So we're like, oh, we could do this. Let's talk about it. But it's just not the highest priority thing. So I think, so my advice would be, maybe this is something we can do as a team, is to find a holding place for some of those. I feel like that takes us into our final part of this, which is kind of the pros and cons of the level 10 structure. I feel like we should just do the cons first because somehow it seems better to end on a positive note. And we obviously like the level 10 structure. We've been doing it for many years now and it actually does work for us. So I'd say one of the cons is, to Charlotte's point, it does involve some legwork before the meeting to prepare. 
like you have to update your scorecard or your tasks or the headlines or actually the IDS section, which means like you should be checking off the things and prioritizing your IDS. And sometimes I forget to do that. So definitely those are always things that could mark the rating down of the meeting. Sarah, you're better at it than me. I feel like you at least take the time like ahead of time to add things into IDS, whereas I'm the one scribbling things into IDS as like the meeting is starting. And I, that means that I'm always like very flustered or I'm very flustered at the beginning of those meetings when I haven't taken the time ahead of time. I I feel like we were very much more strict back in the day. And like, I feel like you got in trouble if you didn't update ideas. And now yes. it's like, eh. So that's also a downfall of us. On one hand, we're like more casual and we're more comfortable with each other. But yeah, I definitely forget to check off some things. And to Charlotte's point, it has kind of become a holding repository that I guess I need to find a new place for. Some of the stuff I'm like, <laughs> don't save that. We need to make our new section called Don't Rank Us Based on This Section so you can't judge our meeting. I agree with that. But to be fair, like, Katie, even if you're going in and scribbling, like, at the beginning of the meeting or even during the meeting, because sometimes it sparks things, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I needed to add that. So, like, it's not a bad thing. If anything, your conversation drives some of the, the things that you want to be talking about. There is. So I actually am doing a lot of preparation for some IDSs that I'm bringing to our leader meeting at the moment. And that's one where like, I know my audience is going to be very different than coming into this meeting, right? So I am putting in the legwork and the time to really think through what are my IDSs? What are the bullet points that I need to hit on? What What's my goal? Like, what am I looking to get out of that dialogue? So I think it depends who your audience is like we're a very we're a group that's very comfortable with each other so i feel like it, that changes the dynamic where if you don't bring something up in ids or you forget something you can just ping the group right and be like oh yeah by the way i wanted to put this on everyone's radar or like this is what i'm thinking about can we can we talk about it and i think we're more flexible in that nature but if you are in a larger team structure or a more formal setting definitely putting in the legwork beforehand is i think encouraged and recommended and i would definitely recommend it because it definitely varies for me even within the company with different audiences i totally see that so i feel like we kind of just discussed some of the pros but just to clarify a little bit the pros that we wanted to call out are they're timed so this keeps you focused on problems and solving them and they're efficient so they save time they keep you focused on your goals so goal oriented and they keep you from getting too far off track and it's a reminder every single week what your goals are and then last but not least they focus on issues so there's designated time carved out for problem solving on your day-to-day -day and allow you to do a deep dive with your team because more brains are always better than one. I just want to say as someone who came from a one person team, so AKA just me, myself and I, 
I obviously didn't hold a level 10 just for myself. I would just look at my assignment. <laughs> that might be a little weird. How would you um, rate the meeting with yourself? <laughs> well, obviously it's always a 10 because it was just me. I'm just giving myself 10. So when I joined this team, I felt that it was hugely beneficial and obviously a pro for me to be able to use a level 10 so that I could brainstorm and get help from others on just any items I was struggling with or just needed creative input, anything like that. So I definitely rank it as a pro. One of the things, so this actually sparks a thought, is that since the meeting is structured in a certain way and it's intended to help you focus on the goals and focus on issues and there is legwork, the meeting does require facilitation. And I think, I mean, all meetings require facilitation, but I feel like in order to, you know, adhere to the structure, there is a facilitation process that has to take place. And we all know that not all facilitators are created equal. So I think that's important to keep in mind. If you're looking to implement a level 10, know that you that you are going to be responsible for being the facilitator and taking on that responsibility. So understanding what that might entail or what that might look like for you and what your flow might be, because everybody has a different style. And like, I know for a fact, like I do not run our level 10 the same way that our previous manager ran the level 10. So I think just figuring out your balance and what, what matters to you and how you want to structure it for the team. And then also getting feedback, right? I think that's what that rating is really for to say, how can we do this differently? Or, you know, what worked in this meeting? Did this section run long? Did we spend too much time here? Did we not cut somebody off when we probably should have? And did they take up too much time? Or just managing that is part of the facilitator role. And it is a key component to the level 10 structure. So in the end here, I think you have to take what works best for you and make it your own. That's kind of what we've done based on the level 10 structure. And so far it's been working. So if you are interested in running a level 10, feel free to reach out with any questions if you have them. Um, Asana, if you're listening, this would be a great template to build within your tool. And if you're interested in diving into more of the philosophy behind the level 10 and some of the other management and communication pieces that are outside of the level 10, because really the level 10 meeting is just one piece of an entire management philosophy. If you're interested in that broader philosophy, it is in the book Traction. And on that note, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Wine and Whiteboards. What's your favorite part of the level 10 structure? Or if you haven't tried it in theory, what do you think your team could benefit from? Share with us in the comments or reach out to us directly and we'd love to hear from you. Cheers. 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 Thanks for listening to the Wine and Whiteboards podcast. For show notes, links, templates, and other resources, visit our Instagram page at Wine and Whiteboards podcast. And while you're there, follow us to get more hacks and occasional wine-themed humor. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to us if you would take a minute to leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you can continue listening to our marketing tips and design tips. Cheers! Cheers.